0: Last week, we started a new series called Stuffed. And there are certain things we tend to stuff our lives with. In this series, we're challenging ourselves to take some of those things out of our lives and fill ourselves up with things uh, that God uh, would want us to have in our lives. We have this human tendency to fill ourselves with things that can begin to compromise our devotion to God. Last week, Pastor Chuck spoke about how we can stuff our lives with stuff. Uh, We looked at the the nature of how we stuff ourselves with materialism, but should instead fill ourselves with generosity. A generosity that allows for our possessions to bless God. This week, we're going to be exploring uh, what it looks like to stuff ourselves with grudges. A grudge is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment towards someone because of something they've done in the past. I tend to be pretty quick to forgive. I don't hold grudges very long. But I've had a few in my lifetime. Uh, One of my most memorable grudges came in the third grade. Now, I grew up uh, the only boy among three sisters. So that meant if I wanted to play with someone... Uh, There was some compromise that was going to have to happen between me and my siblings. Uh, Being the diplomat that I was, on occasion, maybe four or five times a week, I would play Barbies with my sisters. Now, to make things clear, I had GI Joes, which were to scale with Barbies, but they had a lot more muscle, they had guns, and usually involved uh, us going to war with that cornball Ken. Uh, so I, I tried to make it, make the most of my playing Barbies with my sister. And, and all this was okay. Until one dark and dreary day at recess on the playgrounds of Bickle Elementary School. I was playing with my friends at recess uh, when she, who shall not be named, one of my classmates approached me with uh, all of her friends, you know, the popular kids. And she interrupted a, a friendly game of tag on the field. And she pointed at me, and with a cackle, yelled, you play Barbies with your sister! And instantly rage filled me. I was so embarrassed. I was mortified. I didn't know what to do. I thought my life was over as I knew it. That was like, for an already low person on the totem pole to be let the whole school know that I play Barbies with my sister, that puts me down another peg. Um, so I ran away, and I ran to my little sister, who had just been sharing with her friends how great of a brother I was, because I played Barbies with her. And I shove her down, and go, Why you tell everyone that I played Barbies? And, I'm, and then I ran away, like a tough boy, crying. And, you know, I forgave my sister pretty quickly, um, but... And I apologize, of course, too. But she who shall not be named, that lasted for a few years. I'd say for the rest of my elementary school days, from third to sixth grade, I did not like this girl. Because one time, she told a group of people that really didn't care that I played Barbies with my sister. I felt the anger in me, and I let that moment dictate the way I felt about somebody for years. But there was so much more behind the anger of my grudge. Grudges are dangerous. They're dangerous because when we fill ourselves up with them, we fail to live out the love that God calls us to live with, that we're supposed to give to other people. It keeps us from moving forward. It can prevent and ruin long-standing relationships with friends and family. Today we're going to look at a passage that gives us a lot to learn from in regards to what it looks like to stuff ourselves with grudges. This passage can help us better understand what the makeup of our grudges is And discover how God could be asking us to fill in those gaps. For our scripture passage today, we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. It's the story of Cain and Abel. Here at TFRC, we believe that scripture is the primary lens that we use to dictate the way that we live. And because of that, we read scripture from the center of the room, standing and facing it as a reminder. So if you're able, would you all please join me in standing for the reading of God's word? Our scripture reader for today is Paige Vickery. And she's going to be reading once again from Genesis chapter four, verses three through eight.
1: Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, If you, do, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not what do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him.
0: Thanks, Paige. Uh, you can all be seated. The story of Cain and Abel picks up right after the fall in the garden. After Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden for for disobeying God. And Eve became pregnant with her firstborn son, Cain, followed by the second Abel. Throughout the passage, we we see Cain fill himself with a growing grudge. grudge against God and a grudge against his brother. This grudge fills him so much that he can no longer control it. He can't contain it. Grudges often work the same way in our lives. They continue growing and filling us up until something finally breaks, something bursts. We let them fester and build upon themselves. There's a lot that we can learn when we look at the struggle in the story of Cain. We're able to see the makeup of his resentment and pursue what we can do to prevent making the same mistake of filling our lives with grudges. Verses 3 through 5 say, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. These verses talk about the different types of offering that both Cain and Abel give to God. We see that God looks with favor on Abel's, but not Cain's. This should make us ask the question why? What was it about Cain's offering that was different? Was it because Abel's offering was an animal and Cain's was the fruits of the soil? Was it because an offering was bigger than the other one? It can be easy for us to think that Cain's offering wasn't good enough because it was a quality or quantity issue. But that's not the case. In some of the translations of the text, it says that Cain presented his first fruits which would mean that he gave God the first of his harvest, a worthy offering. This meant that what he gave was of significant value, potentially. It was completely acceptable to present an offering of, of the fruits because it was not a sacrifice. With a sacrifice, the slaughtering of an animal Is is required. It's a form of substitution or payment to God. It was not about quantity, it was not about quality, but the heart behind the offering. That's what the issue was. The word offering is an important word in discovering why God didn't accept Cain's sacrifice. The word offering in Hebrew is minha which means offering gift, a tribute, or a present. And when you look at the nature behind the word, it's not the same as a sacrifice. Instead of a theme of replacement or payment, there's a theme of gratitude. This is important because an offering is considered an act of gratitude and worship towards God. When we see that Cain gave enough in quantity, he gave enough in quality, we find that the reason his offering was not accepted was because it did not come from a place of gratitude. This is highlighted in his response to God. When he didn't accept his offering, he was brought to anger. If he was truly grateful for what God had given him, he would have been filled with sadness and remorse. That he disappointed the God he loves. Gratitude comes from a state of feeling thankful for what we've been given. If Cain was thankful for all that God had given him, he would have given with that grateful heart. And his, and his offering would have been accepted. To avoid being stuffed with grudges, we need to go from having An ungrateful attitude to a heart of gratitude. Gratitude is an important aspect of our relationship with God. The word shows up 157 times in the Bible. When we go through life being thankful for what God has given us, it's going to allow us to better have perspective when we start to grow angry with others instead of getting angry about something that doesn't go our way or wishing we had something we didn't, we can lean on trusting that God has given us all that we need. Being thankful uh, for the blessings that God has given us is a way to clear our minds. It shifts our perspective. When we can focus on the good, there's not as much space to let in the bad in verse 5 it says but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor so Cain was very angry and his face downcast when God doesn't look uh, on, with favor on Cain's offering we see his response is to become angry he, he gets angry and he, and he points his anger towards God and he also points it towards his brother Abel Now, the source of this anger comes from different places for each of those two. The source of Cain's anger towards God comes from his pride. His ego was hurt when he didn't accept his offering. He didn't feel bad about it. In verse 6 through 7, it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? These verses have God trying to comfort Cain. But Cain doesn't respond. His pride won't let him. He's angry. He's not going to admit what's wrong. He totally hears what God's telling him. But stays silent. Pride is a huge component of forming and holding a grudge. Usually in a grudge, both sides of the conflict have something that maybe they could take back and apologize for. But he was not willing. He didn't want to shoulder any of this blame. To avoid being stuffed with grudges, we need to go from having a prideful passivity to active humility. That means we need to start owning the part we play in the conflicts and grudges we find ourselves in. Active humility can look like apologizing or acknowledging what it is we did wrong, the mistakes that we've made. It means having empathy for other people involved. When we find ourselves in conflict, uh, trying to look outside of ourselves and see the perspectives of the other people involved. When we find ourselves in conflict or the beginning stages of a grudge, it's important that we look towards God. A couple of years ago, uh, uh, the greatest player of all time in NBA, Michael Jordan, I'm just naming it, uh, he he put out this documentary called The Last Dance. and, And it follows his team throughout his final season and throughout the years. And so as it's highlighting his teammates... It was was great to watch, but there was one teammate that took offense to his portrayal in that documentary. And that was Scottie Pippen. And if you know anything about basketball, he's an amazing Hall of Fame player that played alongside Michael Jordan. And uh, he was really upset about the way that he came off in that documentary. In the last few months, Pippen, has made it publicly known that he is not a big fan of Michael Jordan. He's gotten on talk shows uh, on ESPN. He's written a book that highlights some of these things. What's beginning to be seen is he's let a grudge fester for years. And this documentary was the thing that made it explode. The conflict between Jordan and Pippen is a great example of what it looks like when we embrace prideful passivity. Both parties have a lot of ego, and they don't want to own up to what their side did. So instead of moving towards forgiveness and reconciliation, they sit in bitterness and resent if both were to apologize and try to see the other person's side of view, there would be a great chance for reconciliation. Going back to Cain's anger with Abel, we see the root of his anger came from jealousy. Cain didn't want a physical or tangible thing of his brother's. He longed for and lusted for that acceptance he got his brother got from God with the offering. He lusted for what his brother had, even though he was the firstborn child and he was the first one to give an offering. Many times, our grudges form through a jealousy that we have of someone. We feel discontent with what we have. So we look at them, we see how great their life seems to be, and we just want it. We covet what they have. Like Cain, this can begin to transform our hearts into a bitter place. It can transform our anger into resentment and bitterness. Grudges based on jealousy are incredibly dangerous. Because many times the people that we take issue with don't have any idea we have a problem with them and it allows it to just continue sitting and festering. We can just start treating them poorly because of our own insecurities and things that we're hung up on. What do you find yourself getting jealous of, of others? Are, Are there any grudges that you have right now that are based on jealousy. To avoid being stuffed with grudges, we need to go from having jealousy and resentment to being fulfilled with contentment. Instead of lusting for what others have, whether tangible or because of the nature of who they are, we should be leaning into being content with who God has created us to be and what he has blessed us with. We're not defined by the things we don't have, the ways we aren't, but we are defined by who we are in Christ. In him we are a new creation. That's all that matters. When we find ourselves longing for what others have or wish we were like them, we're choosing not to be satisfied with who God has made us to be. We can fight this tendency by maybe taking an inventory every so often of the ways that God has blessed us, the ways that he has gifted us, and the ways that he has provided for us to, to get our minds out of that mode of wanting to be like someone else or wanting to have what they have. In the second verse, half of verse 7, God says, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. Right here, God is giving a loving warning to Cain. He's saying, listen, sin wants to take over your life. If you don't stop, it's going to take over. It's going to control you. It's going to become your master. When we let our grudges sit and fester. That anger turns to bitterness. And this bitterness allows for our heart to be hardened. Cain's bitterness played a huge role in the murder of his brother. It hardened him to the point where he didn't even care about him anymore. It led to the first murder in human history the power that bitterness has in a grudge can turn a small misunderstanding into an issue that tears relationships apart permanently bitterness happens when we hold on to our anger so long that we, we stop forgetting about the whole reason why we were mad in the first place we have to be so careful not to let our hearts go to a place of bitterness. Instead of living with bitterness, we need to be embracing forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go of our anger and our resent. Although God and Abel did nothing wrong, he needed to leave room for forgiveness, to not be angry anymore with what they what he perceived they had done to him. Had he done that, he would have set the stage to be able to restore those relationships. His brother would be, still be alive and he would not have been banished from God. That's what happens when we embrace forgiveness instead of bitterness is we leave room for Restoration. When we choose to embrace forgiveness over bitterness, we leave room for God to heal the relationships in our lives. Cain let his anger fuel his grudge and become his master. If we let sin be our master, the Bible says it leads to death. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. In Cain's instance, it led to the death of his brother. Maybe in our instance, it leads to a death of a relationship with someone we love or care about. When we gorge ourselves with grudges, we're allowing for sin to be our master. But there is another master that we can choose to serve, that we can choose to live for. In Romans 6, verses 17 and 18, it says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness." This new master of righteousness is Jesus. And when we choose to live our lives for him, he fills us with something so much more filling than anything a grudge could have to offer. He fills us with his shalom, the peace of God. And we've talked about this shalom, the peace of God before, but this peace is so much more than the word gives it credit for. It encompasses a completeness, safety, tranquility, health, safety, soundness, and a component of peace in our relationships and peace with God. When we make the decision to follow Jesus, we decide that we are no longer letting sin be our master. No more will these grudges dictate the way that we treat people. Christ's peace is what's going to fill us and dictate how we treat people. When we make the decision to follow Jesus, we decide that we're no longer making him our master, but there's a reality that sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we still let these grudges fill us, but that's the power of forgiveness. When we let our grudges in our lives fill us up, We need to remember who we are in Christ. Instead of being filled with a grudge, we can lean into being with his shalom, the peace of God that comes from accepting Christ's forgiveness. Cain was gorged with grudge. He let his ungrateful attitude, his pride, his jealousy, and his bitterness fill him to the point where he broke Let's learn from his mistakes. Instead, what if we were to fill ourselves with a grateful attitude, being humble, content, and forgiving when confronted with conflict? And what if we could remember to fill ourselves up with the shalom that is found in Jesus? What grudges in your life right now need to be replaced by the peace of God? The peace of God. What is one step you can take towards reconciliation? Pray with me. Lord, we love you and we are so thankful for your word and and what it can teach us. I ask that You give us all a heart of reconciliation today and this week. Lord, help us to remember that we can live into your peace instead of being held captive by the grudges in our lives, by the anger, by the sin that we fall victim to. And Lord, I ask and pray that we can continue to lean on you as we grow closer to you through the different conflicts we find ourselves facing. And ask that uh, you just continue to love on us and help us grow closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let me leave you with this blessing. May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.